0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams.
1: Welcome to this 91 Investment Views 2022 podcast. One of the key focus areas of 91 in 2022 is sustainability and climate change. To talk about that is the CEO of 91, Hendrik de Toy. Hendrik, you've been in Glasgow, you've attended COP26. Was it stimulating? Was it inspiring? Did its agreements, on paper at least, go far enough? Give me your thoughts,
0: please. Lindsay, COP26, or all the cops are quite chaotic with lots of people saying things, politicians mixing with business people, activists, NGOs, the whole lot. But what was really significant about this COP is that finance was present in force. And I don't think the world will be able to have an effective or efficient energy transition if finance does not get involved at scale. So to me, that is the takeout here. The other one is the U.S. and China are closer than before and the issues around or the requirements of emerging markets to have a slower More deliberate transition as opposed to the immediate switch off of particularly coal is a very good thing because that means people are starting to build a proper transition or think about it rather than simply saying, how do we clean our portfolios today or how do we sweep carbon under the carpet? There's actually an honest conversation. So I'm reasonably optimistic, although there's a huge amount of work to do between COP26 and COP27 to make sure we reach the target of keeping global warming below two degrees.
1: Well, that leads neatly into my next question, which is that climate change obviously needs to be addressed. I mean, it's a desperate situation from my point of view. Do you think asset managers like yourself and asset owners are going about this transition in the right way?
0: Lindsay, I'm concerned that the approach that kicked off for the general drive for net zero was largely one to get existing portfolios aligned with net zero as opposed to making sure we finance a transition of the global economy to a sustainable net zero position. What I mean by that, it's very easy for particularly investors in advanced countries to shift away from the so-called dirty industries which are largely now based in emerging markets, starve them of capital and create nice portfolios that are aligned with a net zero objective but leave those dirty assets in the hands of less scrupulous people who have no interest in transition and who will make very high cash returns in the process until we realize that we're over the edge as far as global warming is concerned. So we at 91 are arguing very strongly for a focus on transition and realistic transition plans rather than carbon intensity in portfolios right now because reducing your, or decarbonizing your portfolio doesn't mean that you're decarbonizing the world. You and your colleagues to whom I've spoken
1: over the last few weeks talk about portfolio purity. Why are you worried about
0: it? That's exactly the point where I ended. It's very easy to create a portfolio which looks perfectly aligned, and therefore one would sell the assets which are causing major emissions. Really, a very small number of stocks provide the bulk of emissions. And if I can use the example of South Africa, yes, essentially two companies produce almost half of all emissions, namely Eskom, the electricity utility and Sassel, the coal or, or chemical company which produces fuel and chemicals. Now, quite frankly, if you just sell those, assuming Eskom was a listed company, you just sell those out of your portfolio or don't buy their bonds, you've created a clean portfolio but just difference as an investor to the world. I think investors stay engaged with oil companies, polluters, carbon emitters, and insist on transitions to net zero, either by insisting on companies to be run down and the cash flows to be applied elsewhere, or those companies transforming themselves to companies which can operate in a clean, green world. And so that's the one point that's important. The other point, if one goes for portfolio purity, we will also cut off capital from energy, from countries where the energy systems are still very carbon intensive and that means countries which house probably the majority of the world population i.e the emerging markets where many people are still trying to get out of poverty and one would create a social disaster so it's very important that we don't leave anyone behind in that transition and that the transition is inclusive and practical rather than one which is aimed at short-term decarbonized portfolios and virtue signaling by members of the investment community. Hendrik, give me a brief answer on this one because there's a couple of observations
1: I'd like to make. The first is that, in fact, let's make it one observation. Net zero and portfolio purity are both open to interpretation.
0: Yes, I think it's important we keep the objective in mind. We want a world which is net zero by somewhere between 2050 and 2060 at the latest. But 2050 is the date. And so everything we do must be focused on achieving that, not short-term gains to comply with either rules or regulations or desires in society. And that is really our point. Let's make this practical. Let's make this thoughtful. And let's make this inclusive.
1: It's a very good point. Finally, how can the private sector, i.e. you, drive the early momentum of the intended transition, which we've spoken about, and provide green finance, not just green
0: finance as a token, but at scale? I think Bill Gates makes the point. You can reduce current emissions and money can be put behind technology or solutions that will just make it much easier for the world to transition. We need to do both. And so positive impact financing, which we, for example, do by backing public companies that are making a positive difference and are contributing to the speed of the transition. On the other hand, we also want to help and stay invested in companies which have to go through the transition process themselves. And you need to do both. It's not an either or point.
1: Hendrik, thank you very much for your insight. That was Hendrik de Toy, who's the CEO of 91. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation,